0: How's it going, everyone? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Today, I got to talk with Emily Borwick, formerly Emily Sandvold, and we had a good old time. Uh, She has had the unique opportunity to work at three different Salt Network churches in the past four years. So she has some experience that is uh, pretty special to have. She worked with uh, Cornerstone Church in Ames, which was Uh, where the salt company started, and then she went on a church plant to Doxa Church in Madison, Wisconsin, and is now here at Veritas in Iowa City. And so we talked about uh, just some of her experiences with that and, um, yeah, her takeaway from all three of those places. We talked about her transitions recently. So she just recently got married, uh, and we talked about some money stuff as well, some fitness at the end, and it was a blast. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, But I also have a big announcement on October 5th. Uh, We are going to have a big golf fundraiser for the Salt Company. I think we're going to call it the Salt Company Classic. It's going to be at Riverside Golf and Casino, which is in Riverside, Iowa. So mark your calendars for that. I'll have more details to come, but uh, start rallying together your teams of four for some best ball golf tournament uh, so that we can raise some money for the Salt Company. It's going to be a blast. But uh, yeah, without further ado, here is Emily. Okay, what's up everybody? Welcome to this episode of The Grain of Salt. Today I am joined by my co-worker, Emily Borwick. What's up, Emily? Hey, feels are good you, for you to say Emily Borwick. I was going to say, are you used to it yet?
1: Uh, getting there.
0: Have you had to write it often?
1: Uh, yes, but I haven't actually changed my name yet legally, so I still have to like sign things. How? Well, it takes a long time, but I had to get wait to get to my birth certificate from my parents. Finally got that. Mm. So that's step one. Step two... Maybe it'll happen tomorrow. Who knows?
0: Wow. So, like on all legal documents, you're still Emily Sandvold. Yeah. Also, for the long time, I thought it was Sandsvold.
1: <laughs> Sandsvold.
0: Common mistake that's or no?
1: Terrible. No, not at all. Oh
0: man, I thought I thought everybody called you that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. Anyways, opening question: What is the last thing that you bought that benefited your life greatly?
1: Oh my gosh, that's a really hard and good question. The last thing I bought that benefited my life greatly. Okay, this is really recent and not very exciting, but we just <laughs> bought a dresser. And wow. that feels great because since we've lived in Iowa City, we've still been living out of like the totes that we moved in
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that have just been sitting on our floor. So we bite the bullet, bought the dresser. Where'd you buy from? Target.
0: Mm. Yeah. Should have gone to Ikea.
1: Ah, I do like Ikea.
0: Yeah. How long have you been married?
1: Uh, like just a little over a month. Nice. Yeah. Got married on June 22nd. So
0: what are three things everybody needs to know about Josh?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. Here you go.
0: He's a great guy.
1: He is great. And I had
0: no idea. I had, I didn't know anything about him. Yeah. But then I think I, I don't know, met him right when you guys move or right when you're about to move here. Mm-hmm. But man, he's a beast. Yeah. What's three things everybody needs to know? Here's
1: actually the three things that I knew. Um, the only three things I knew about him before we went on our first date. Uh huh where that he got a 36 on his ACT. Jeez. Um, Does
0: he get sick of people talking about that?
1: Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, he'll be upset that he's I gonna said to yeah, sure.
0: I probably would be too.
1: But his nickname in high school was just 36. So if you just would have called oh, him that, man. I kind of want to bring that back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so he got a 36 on his ACT. He ran a 420 mile in high school and broke like a ton of his school records. And he speaks fluent Spanish. So he's wow. a smart guy.
0: Incredible And guy. I'm
1: very average in academics. So I was very nervous for our first
0: date. But it Change. went well. We're married, so. That's awesome. I can't believe that. 4.20 mile? Yeah. Did you still run?
1: He goes for jogs, but I just asked him yesterday, actually, if he would ever run like a marathon. Yeah. And he said he would, but he doesn't have the time to train. Um,
0: it, it, tell him he doesn't need to train.
1: That's what I said. I said, just do it. Like, exactly. you'll be fine. Me and Peter but did that. You ran a marathon?
0: Yes. Without training a single time. How did it go? Very bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was fine. <gasps> I, like, didn't stop running besides, to like, get water. I mean, I... Jenny's going to get mad at me for saying this. I think anybody can run a marathon. Sure. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a long distance, takes a long time. But anybody can go the distance. I'm not saying you got to sprint the whole thing, but you can do it. Um, But it did jack my knees up pretty good.
1: Shoot. Were you I, super sore later, like, the next no,
0: day? No, no. I wasn't sore at all. Like, I seriously... I think it maybe worked out like the day after, two oh days word. after, because I what my muscles weren't sore at all, my joints and my knees hurt. They were jacked up.
1: Dang! Would you do it again?
0: Um, I almost did, and I trained a little bit for it. I mean, before that, the longest run I'd ever gone on was like eleven miles, and so I remember crossing that point at like an hour and a half, hour forty five minutes in. And I was like, all right, everything after this is a new like <laughs> personal best. Um. And Peter did the same thing. He went on like one, one run to like break in his new shoes. And then we oh just did it and I didn't pay for it. I just, I banded it. I was a marathon bandit.
1: Oh my gosh. Is it in Iowa city?
0: Yes. It was one from Cedar Rapids to Iowa city. So we started in Cedar Rapids and just ran to finish it. Kinnick stadium. Wow. And we photocopied Peter's. This is terrible. I'm going to get fired God. from my job for saying this. We photocopied Peter's bib, like his race bib, and then changed the last number, photoshopped the last number. Oh my gosh. And I taped it, or I pinned it on me.
1: The worst part is that you were productive in being a bandit. You weren't just yeah. like, oh, just show up, oh, let's just do it. Yeah, no, I was you like, were like...
0: I went the next level of sin. Oh I like went God. there. <laughs> and at one point, I... Uh, I me and Peter stopped to go to the bathroom at like a porta potty and I was like, Oh, I should just shake my legs out. So I started doing some squats. Well, I taped it on my butt, like on my pants cause it was a super nice day. So I was just running just in my shorts and I did a squat and it ripped off my butt, <laughs> which usually it's like a really hard paper. So it like doesn't rip. Well, mine was just like printer oh, paper. So it ripped God. off and I put it in my pocket. And at one point in the race, uh, we were running with this pace group to finish at like four hours or something like that. Four and a half hours. And so there's a big group of people and I don't have my thing on. And the, the leader is like, hey man, where's your bib at? And I was like, oh, it fell off when I was doing squats and everybody's giving me a hard time. Oh, you're doing squats in the marathon. And some old guy in the back goes, don't believe him. He's a bandit. And everyone's like, oh, and I just like <gasps> start running like, Ha-ha, and I just like run past him because like they're going to figure me out. Oh <laughs> <laughs> my gosh. But nobody caught me.
1: That's impressive.
0: And I did it. Huh. But back to your question, no, I probably won't do it again
1: mm-hmm.
0: just because I did it.
1: For free. So why would you pay to do a real exactly. one? Exactly. Yeah, sure.
0: And I can go run 26 miles for free anytime. So
1: hmm.
0: how did we get there? Good point. Oh, uh, Josh. Josh, Josh Grin, running. Yeah. yeah.
1: It always comes back to Josh. That's how great I he is. I guess so.
0: Um, what's like, also, before we get into it, I want everybody to know, Emily <laughs> is a girl it is on the podcast. <laughs> Everybody can get off my back for not having that many girls on. I'm trying here, folks. You're doing and a here great Here we are. Yes, thank you.
1: Thanks for having uh, me.
0: Of course. But how uh, did you kind of get to where you are? Just quick overview of your story. Maybe just two sentences on how you came to know Christ. Whatever.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, I came to know Christ in ninth grade. Um, I was totally wrapped up in trying to be the best at everything, mm-hmm. um, be the most popular, be the most beautiful, be the smartest, whatever, and genuinely felt the depravity in that and felt like I couldn't even meet my own standard of perfection, mm-hmm. let alone the standard that other people were giving me. So uh, somebody was sharing the gospel with me at the same time I was starting to like feel the weight of not being good enough and uh, yeah, I accepted Jesus, um, realized that. Yeah, I actually would never be good enough, but Jesus was for me. And that sounded really sweet to me at the time. So became nice. a Christian, in ninth grade. Um, got plugged into Salt Company in Ames. I went to Iowa State. Um, so I got plugged in actually um in the summer going into my nice. freshman year, which was great. We went to Somersault? Yep, went to Somersault, had a high school friend who had heard about it, and so I didn't really um, think about any other ministries, just got plugged in and mm-hmm. um yeah, salt in Ames just radically deepened um, my roots um, in just like the ways that I learned to actually read my Bible for the first time and pray and like what does it actually look like to give my all to Jesus and not um, just the things that are easy or um, like are appealing from the outside. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was great. Um, My um, senior year, uh, the summer, right after I graduated, I went to um, one of the overseas trips for the first time. Mm And there was an Aims staffer who was there um, that same summer who happened to offer me a job to do the residency while I was there. But so, you
0: weren't a leader, were you?
1: Nope, I was never a connection group leader. Um, I was why here, not? Um, I a couple reasons. Um, I well, at the time I was actually going. I was driving back home to Ankeny, so like a twenty-minute drive to lead eighth and ninth graders um, to um, like in our high school youth group mm. or whatever.
0: Did so you did that in the school year?
1: Yeah, so okay. I did that in the school year. So that was part of why um, I didn't ever lead. And this is going to sound like I wish I could shake my college self. I yeah. didn't feel like I was good enough, um, and which was just pride, um, yeah. totally pride. And I had like wrongly idolized leaders, um, and I wish I could smack myself for that. So
0: hmm.
1: never was a leader, but still happened to make my way on a summer team.
0: So what do you think makes a, a – what would make a good student leader now? Yeah. Do they have to like have like leadership influence or is, does that not really matter as much? Like what do you think according to you?
1: Yeah. My, I would say that a great, like the best leader you could have would be just somebody that is the first to confess their sin and the first to do something about it. Mm-hmm. First to repent. Um, I don't think leadership influence has to be strong. I know a lot of people who are not, strong influencers in the world, but have a huge following just because of the way that they have so rightly viewed their self before God Mm. um, humbled themselves so much that it's unthinkable to um, like not confess or repent. Mm -hmm. Like that's a must. So yeah, I think I was still struggling a bit with like shame. And so even the idea of like fully confessing with my mouth or uh, you know, even like allowing me to admit those faults coming from where I did ninth grade, Mm -hmm. um, was still like a bit challenging, um, to fully let like the Lord and the Holy spirit just like empower me to say that out loud. So yeah, that's Mm -hmm. what I would say is a good leader.
0: Uh, did, did you meet Jenny on that trip in China?
1: Yes. Yes. We, so, uh, that first time I went to China, um, we did, like, the full eight weeks in our city and then did Bring Me Hope last week, and I met Jenny. Nice. And Alexis. Ryan, too? Nope, not Ryan.
0: Oh.
1: I think he maybe went the year before me. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's, that's awesome.
0: been fun. Uh, so you got offered the residency. Yep. Which people in Iowa City are probably not familiar with mm-hmm. that, so what is the residency
1: yes so cornerstone has a position where you can be a resident it's a two-year position where you can get your master's in theological studies um as well as just get ministry experience Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of like a two-year a two-year program designed to help you as the resident um learn and decide if vocational ministry is something that you would like to pursue um as well as the church like looking at you looking after you um trying to help you conclude if that is something to move forward nice so yeah
0: but that's not like a guarantee for a job there right
1: nope not a guarantee for a job
0: but did you get a job thereafter or did you end up m- moving to madison
1: uh yes yeah, so i actually got the offer for madison before i like would have potentially been offered a job or not been offered a job gotcha working for cornerstone
0: cool um and that residency is the same uh to your master's degree, that a lot of people are taking here in Iowa City, right? From yep, exactly. Nice. How many people are taking the residency in Ames? Do you know? Um, when or at I, least when you were doing when it,
1: when I did it, there was about three guys and three girls per class. So, mm-hmm. like twelve within the two year, like two year span. Nice. A span. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, it so, yeah. seems like a blast there. Just like a big community of people who are just literally committed to. Learning theology and like doing ministry—it's pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm convinced that so far, I'm not very old, but like the two years in Ames was just like one of the greatest gifts God has ever given me. Like, just feeling super challenged all the time, but mm-hmm. also empowered at the same time. Um, just like unique to feel. I feel like those, um, like those were in tandem, not you no know, one or the other, and so. Yeah, Ames is the best. Plus, say, there's the town of Ames. Ames. Yeah, I think the town of Ames is the greatest place in the that? whole wide world. I want to die there, Mikey. I really hope that I can take my last breath in Ames, Iowa, and then see Jesus next. I mean, not why? for a while. Man, okay, here's why I think Ames is so great. Yeah. Nobody lives in Ames to try to be somebody else um, or to try to like pursue something that they can't or like shouldn't. And so everyone is... Like just living in Ames and doing life and not trying to be impressive and not trying to um, accomplish things um, for like their own gain or granted people will still do that, but I'm just saying that the general population and like feel of Ames is like people just live in Ames and that Hmm. is like, it's really refreshing to not be a part of like a community that is always striving for like the best thing. Plus I'm a huge Cyclone fan, probably not good to actually say, but.
0: (laughs) they're not good at anything are they
1: well they're good at at, they're good at being
0: nice people (laughs) (laughs) nice people (laughs) yeah that's a good so do you think i mean you've been in iowa city for like what a month or two do you feel that it's just a different culture and like people are trying to like be like trying to make themselves great maybe not necessarily in the church but like you go downtown iowa city i'm sure it feels different than names
1: Yes. Oh yeah. Definitely feels, um, it feels similar to Madison. So I lived in Madison, Wisconsin for a year. Um, yeah, I think, um, and even like my hometown, um, similar to Iowa city, like people are, like are striving, um, hard after things that are very perishable. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think it's just, like, refreshing when you meet somebody or, like, enter into a group of something, like, or somebody's that that isn't their primary interesting goal, so.
0: And you think that's the general feel of Ames, is, like, people are just kind of doing their own thing?
1: I think so, and maybe I'm biased. So when I lived in Ames, I actually lived with a family in their basement. Nice. Um, and they were, they set such a great example for me of what it looks like to just be a faithful church member community Mm -hmm. member like school goer you know they genuinely just like lived life in ames well so maybe i'm super biased and i just had like that awesome like experience but i would say like the general feel aligns with that
0: do you think i hesitate to ask this but do you think that that, uh, both of those cultures kind of bleed into both the salt companies I mean I know you haven't seen salt here yet.
1: You mean the cultures in Madison in Iowa City?
0: No, uh Ames in Iowa City. Like Ames people, do oh, you think sure. they just kinda like I don't know. Keep to themselves as kind of a lame way to describe it, but and then Iowa City people are kinda like I don't know.
1: Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. I haven't been around yeah. long enough in Iowa City, but one thing that is interesting about Ames is you will get a lot of uh just farmers. Um, You know, there's a big agricultural program in Ames. So you actually just have like those hardworking, like they go to school for four years knowing exactly they're going back to their farm to just work hard and to maintain, you know, their family unit. And so they just kind of carry some of those values that are different. Um, If I had to guess, you don't have a lot of farmers that go to school at Iowa City. Um, So I don't know if that's like why, but I haven't like felt it greatly inside of Salt Company. Like, oh, all of these students are bringing in that culture of, you know, the city. So yeah, yeah, I I don't think I could fully say that.
0: I mean, I don't think I see it a ton. I think I I definitely do see it more here than I would if I were in Ames. But like I have the same experience right now that you were like I'm living in Mark's basement, you know, just a regular family who's committed to being faithful. And it's like, for me, that is my experience of Iowa City so far. But also, like, if you go downtown or you, you're you sitting in your lecture halls, it's, it's just a weird culture and environment. That's one of the reasons I love Iowa City so much is because people here just, like, don't think about their lives. Like, I'm finishing up, I just finished up my apologetics class, you know, mm. and I'm writing on, like, the existence of God and, like, how there's objective morality and, like, what do you do when you actually sit down and think about the implications of the claims, I'm not even saying the actual event, but the claims that Jesus rose from the dead, Mm. that kind of stuff, nobody thinks about. Totally. And it's like, I love thinking about going to that campus and like engaging that culture and being like, hey, actually think about this. Jesus claimed to rise from the dead. How do you solve it? What Mm -hmm. do you think? Did he not, did it not happen? How do you explain it away then? Like people just wouldn't know what to say. I mean, yeah, So yeah, this place is like, I love it here.
1: Which is so cool. And I feel like one thing that I have noticed and I'm really excited about is that, um, well, different cultures hold different values. But one thing that I think Iowa City holds is like good question asking. Mm. You know, like just the way that you just said that. You didn't say, I'm gonna come up to this person that's different than me or this group of people that live in a different culture than I do and like be like, here's why Mm -hmm. you should know this. But like asking like, how could you think about this or like how, you know, and I think that's like really welcomed in Iowa city. And I think that's a huge characteristic to just be a good question asker Mm. to not be like the, the yelling preacher, um, always, um, like how many, how often does Jesus like ask the rhetorical question just to like, you know, have his disciples, his followers just think, um, and I even know like me personally, like a lot of my thoughts and, views have been refined by just other people caring to ask me like good and hard questions
0: mm-hmm. it's gonna be a great year it is i am potential. so excited uh so you finished your residency in ames and then what did yes. like rob come up to you and offer you a job or what <clears throat>
1: yep yep so rob warren is the lead pastor of doxa church in madison and we both were on staff together at the time in ames he was a church planning candidate so he was kind of uh Growing his team, mm-hmm. um, and how does that
0: work? Are, are church planning candidates there? They're like just kind of walking around the building for like two years <laughs> and like literally scouting out people. I mean, is that how it works?
1: Um, it it definitely depends. A lot of times, um, church planning candidates will come in. They're outsourced, um, so they will come from like another network or another church and come into Ames. And part of the reason they do the two years, the two year candidacy, is just to grow in their salt dna um the network um you know values and visions and missions Mm -hmm. and whatnot um and so a lot of times they'll bring somebody from their um like home with them so like like ronnie yeah so similar with rob he brought ronnie but yes there is also just this i mean you'll work with anybody on staff and you'll love Mm -hmm. everyone in the room but you will gravitate towards other people um or certain people within that group and so That tends to happen. That happened with me. I just became really, really fast friends with Rob and Lisa um, and their whole family Mm -hmm. and just was so drawn to their leadership, their marriage, their um, vision for Madison. And so we just had started having some conversations, more just in interest. And um, like, I really cared about them Mm -hmm. the way, I I mean, I cared about all of um, the candidates at the time. Um, And eventually they had asked me over for dinner and just asked me to be a part of the team. And so.
0: Was it more so a decision- Based on following Rob, or was it a decision based on passion to plant a church?
1: Yeah, that's great. I would say both. And um, the idea of planting a church had like been on my radar, um, and then I happened to meet Rob mm-hmm. and Lisa, and wanted to follow them as well. Um, and I really, really cared a lot about the way that they talked about Madison, mm-hmm. the way that they wanted to love the city and the people um, with intentions to intersect the gospel. Um, and so yeah, definitely a blend of both.
0: Why did they pick that city? Um, is it, I don't even know how any of this works. I mean, is it assigned to them or like, did they pick it or they,
1: yeah, they picked Madison. Um, the story of Rob is that him and his wife, uh, Madison was on their radar from their uh, previous network they were Mm. part of, and they were going to get sent out from there, just the two of them. Um, they had this vision to uh, plant a church in a major college town um, and Madison had been like a little bit in their history of places they liked um, so they were gonna do it well, I think fast forward some years don't know the total story that um, Rob sat on a plane next to Mark Vance and just by chance I think well, I think they might have been like coming from a conference or mm. something like that they had somehow connected maybe it wasn't a plane I might have just made up a cool fact of that hey, story it for me but they somehow had connected and basically rob was telling mark about his desire to plant a local church in a major college town and mark was like oh that's cool rob it's we funny. do that yeah. like Jeez. that is a vision of our network why don't you come be a part of the salt company and plant a salt company you know or a church with a salt company and and that's kind of how they got connected dang yeah
0: did you ever accidentally call them ron and robbie he, absolutely. I was going to say, I do that all the time. Yes, absolutely. And I, like, I mean, I don't talk about them yeah. I mean, as much as probably yeah. you were, you know?
1: Yes. Not as much once you actually know them, but especially when I was first meeting them all the time.
0: Like, I keep looking down my paper and being like, Rob, Ronnie. <laughs> Ron like, right. and Robbie. Ron. <laughs> <laughs> What was, what's Ronnie like? Like, did you have as close relationship with him or?
1: Yeah. So I got to be on staff with, in Ames still, um, with Rob for two years and then Ronnie came that second year. Okay. So I got to be on staff just as like co-laborers at Iowa state together nice. with Ronnie, which was really cool.
0: He was just working salt side.
1: Yep. Just working on salt staff. I got, he's
0: the salt director.
1: Yes, he is. Gotcha. The, yep. Yep. So I just got to know him and his wife, Caitlin and yeah, uh, he's great he um, is super um disciplined he's probably one of the most him and rob both are the most disciplined nice. men i know very similar to you great they remind um me a lot of you um you know they're both like d1 athletes mm-hmm. like
0: they both play football
1: they both play football Sheesh. uh they and they just carry that d1 athlete like vibe yeah into their work That's um good. yeah so they're great
0: <laughs> I gotta have them on this podcast. Yes, you do. I would love to.
1: You should just go up to Madison.
0: I know. For
1: a weekend. It's a great place.
0: I should just bring all my equipment to different cities.
1: That would be cool. A traveling record. podcast. It could be a series, traveling.
0: Wow. I hit all the network churches. You hate them? No, hit
1: all Oh, I hit them. them.
0: <laughs> and then just post them over time.
1: That would be really cool.
0: That would be sweet. Uh, looking back on your time with Doxa the church mm-hmm. what are like what's the what was the best part and what was the toughest part
1: mhm yeah i think that my answer will, will be for both of them um the best part and toughest part of planning a church is your total dependence on the lord mm-hmm. which i should be saying right now to you too that like yeah the the best part and hardest part about me working for Veritas is mm-hmm. my dependence on the lord but you just you feel that deeply when you move somewhere and you only know like four other people in the city. Yeah. And you are simultaneously like, you're casting these big visions to these strangers and you are not actually totally sure if they're gonna come to fruition. Yeah. You know, like, whereas here we could sure. sit in front of a freshman and say, Freshmen, you have to come on the fall retreat. It is a blast. Mm -hmm. We will promise you content from the Bible that will change you. We promise you community that will grow you, you know, X, Y, and Z. Well, we sit in front of these students or these people and say, you got to come to this thing. And then Ronnie and I are in the back going, okay, Ronnie, we have to make this great. And so I think like, yeah, you just feel like the absolute need for the Lord to move um and you like yeah you just grow in anticipation and excitement to watch it happen Mm -hmm. even more so that was the best and hardest thing for sure about that's sweet planning doxa
0: man that city is so cool i mean that campus is like right on the lake oh it's beautiful that's nuts how many uh university wisconsin campuses are there
1: um like uw schools yeah i don't there's a lot of uw's there's like uw lacrosse uw milwaukee uw madison Hmm.
0: um you had to leave because why
1: yep so i lived in madison for a year and um at the time josh and i we're dating almost engaged um, and he was applying for medical schools. So he had taken his MCAT and um, got
0: a 36 on his MCAT.
1: <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, long story short, Josh did not get into medical school at um, University of Madison. Um, so, but he did get into Iowa yep. and Iowa is an incredible medical program. Yeah. Um, it is not like the runner up by means at yeah, all. For sure. So.
0: So, I mean, what, how are you feeling when he said that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. Because um, were you,
0: you weren't engaged yet. So, it's not like you have to, like, make your decision based on him, but you know you're, like, probably going to. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. At that point, I mean, we were really close to engagement. So, the conversations had been there to the point where I felt the idea of, like, not dating Josh anymore wasn't, like, right. something that came up. So, I knew, like, wow okay I'm moving to Madison or like I'm leaving Madison Mm. um it was so so hard and we knew it was a possibility the whole time um I had said yes to going to Madison before I had started dating Josh and then I started dating Josh and he had like expressed like yeah I'm totally applying but that does not mean I get in and I had to know that going into moving and planning doxa and whatnot and so yeah he called me and told me he didn't get in and at this point we had already known he got into iowa so we had already gotten to celebrate nice. victory and we had security in med school but yeah it was just confusing like were I you just-
0: hoping he like and i was thinking i was thinking you knew he already got somewhere else now so you knew he was getting into iowa yep but you were probably i mean obviously extremely hoping that he would get into Madison.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, was there
0: anywhere else on the map?
1: Yep. He also, uh, U of M was the other, okay. was the third. Yep. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was just like really confused. <clears throat> I remember just asking God, like, God, why would you let me like move to Madison and fall in yeah. love with this city and these people to leave so soon? And I just didn't understand that. And, um, it was really hard to hear that and to swallow that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Dang. Um, how long did it take for you to like, I mean, maybe you're still in that, but kind of mourn the process and.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I definitely, um, definitely am still mourning uh, my time in Madison. Um, but I'm also very genuinely really excited to be here. Yeah. And so it's like a, a both and, but yeah, it's funny. Um, I remember I was reading Genesis at the time that, um, we had found out and the story of um like lot really stuck out to me because there's a section in i think it's in genesis 19 where it says like um like the angels urged lot his wife and his two daughters to um like leave the city lest they be swept away in the punishment Mm -hmm. of the city um and then it says um but he lingered so the angels urged Lot, his wife and his two daughters, by the hand and seize them and set them outside of the city, the Lord being merciful to him. And mm. so it really caught, that's not totally uh, memorized, that was just a brief overview, but yeah. that like idea of like Lot lingering, though he had angels urging him to leave for his protection and it being really like that was God's mercy on Lot's life to set him outside of you know the city that he was residing in um is how i feel and um mm. granted madison is not sodom and gomorrah and is <laughs> right, right. Um, and doxa is not like yeah. punishable um but like it has really forced me to think greatly about the mercy that god has not just for our sin but also for every part of our life mm. um so I'm just trying to, like, let that be my anthem and my flag um, in the air as I, like, transition here.
0: Nice. That's great. Uh, as you're transitioning here, what have been things that you, like, really enjoy about Iowa City?
1: Yeah. Oh, there's been a lot of things I've really enjoyed. I, I really love the downtown area. It's so yeah. beautiful. It's sweet. Yeah, walking around just the, the Pentacrest and um, the Ped Mall. I hear is the lingo. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> um, yeah, it, that's just it's just a fun area to be around. Josh and I actually went to the farmer's market last night. Nice. I think Jenny encouraged us to go, Nice, actually. Um, and that was just like fun and felt homey. And um, so we've really liked that. We really like Veritas a lot. Mm-hmm. It's been such a blessing to be a part of this church family. And we feel like we have genuine friends and relationships already. So that's been great. I'm trying to think.
0: Do the farmer's market they have like... Bunch of food trucks and stuff out.
1: No, I think it was much smaller scale yeah. than maybe a Saturday would be. I
0: think, yeah, the Saturday ones are much bigger. I think the Wednesday ones are fun. It's like mostly produce and yeah. stuff, though. So I'm like
1: a lot of produce and then some like sweet treats, which we did get a blueberry zucchini bread. Nice. That was great. So <laughs> that was fun.
0: Um, how big of like a I don't know how big of a blessing has it been for you to like have landed in Ames, found Salt Company, and then you end up get to experience Madison through Salt Network. Then, you know, your husband gets into a r- random med school. There happens to be a salt company there that you can <laughs> just, like, work at. That's, like, pretty unique. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel overwhelmed by, like, the riches of blessings that I have like have accumulated yeah. through the last, I mean, I'm, this is going into my fourth year of working for a church and I've been, this is my third church. It's crazy. Yes. And so it's
0: like so unique.
1: Yes. Um, I feel the uniqueness of it, but I also just feel like I have, I am so rich in relationships and, um, and in experiences. I don't want to say rich in experiences, but like the things that God has allowed me to be a part of, have been, so cool. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's been a really w- unique transition to go from, what, like a 20-year church, mm-hmm. very established, a well-oiled machine, to trying to start that mm-hmm. um, for the first time, convincing people this is a good idea and that they should be a part of it. Yep. And now landing in, is Veritas 10 years, nine years?
0: Almost. Like Almost 10 years. Yeah,
1: Yeah. something just very in the middle. Um,
0: yeah, that's crazy.
1: It's fun. It makes me... um it really makes me believe deeper in the network and the idea of planting a local church, valuing, um, a church body with an emphasis of reaching college students, intersecting students who are trying to find some meaning to their life with the, with the gospel. Hmm. So that, that's a cool feeling too, to feel like, yes, like this is what we're doing as a network. Like let's do it well and let's go hard doing it. So,
0: um, how does working with Mark Arant compare with like all the other <laughs> lead pastors you've been with?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I haven't got to work with him much. Yeah, um, what, so two
0: months now? Today? Yeah,
1: yeah, two months. And I was even gone for a couple weeks in there. Yeah. Getting married and whatnot. But oh, he is great. He is so chill. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> He just seems super genuine. Yeah. I love like walking into a room when he's there and just hearing that Emily, like <laughs> Emily, what's up? Yeah. It just makes me feel good. <laughs> um, so that's great. Um, I'm excited to be under his leadership, yeah, under incredible. his teaching. It's really fun. Cause, um, I got to work under Jeff in Ames. Um, nice. so it's really fun to have him here too. Yeah, and for sure. Have that familiar voice in the room.
0: Um, what's the future look like for you in ministry? You want to go on another church plant after Josh is done?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Do um, you want to go
0: back to Madison? or?
1: I would be very open to going on another church plant. Nice. Um, yeah, I really, really loved my experience getting to do that and would love to do it again and maybe stay to watch it um, sure. come to fruition. Um, so yeah, maybe that. Um, I would consider just going to an existing church plant too, mm-hmm. um, depending on where he gets in for residency and whatnot, but yeah i don't know
0: i think the next place next place you'll be is where you will kind of plant your flag
1: oh that's a good question well josh and i would love to um, make our way south because we like being warm nice <laughs> so um yeah so maybe south but really the long-term plan of josh going to medical school is um to open up a practice outside of the country so nice whether we, we've just been talking about this recently, like whether we use his role as doctor to just get into a country safely or to go to somewhere that does not have mm-hmm. medical care is something that we will need to discover. But yes. yeah. Awesome. What about you? What's your long-term ministry goals?
0: Oh, no long-term plans at all. I mean, <laughs> at this point in my life, like I, I never thought I'd be here. I don't know. I just never could have thought that my life would turn out the way it did. So mm. all my plans are pretty loose, yep. but, uh, my loose plans are to just stay here. <laughs> you want to stay in Iowa? City? Oh yeah. I love it here. What do you love about it? Um, a couple things, a couple things make me want to stay really term. Uh, I'm not saying I wouldn't church plant because I think you need, I was talking to just Josiah about this yesterday. Uh, I think you need people who are like always willing to go like his dad's one of those people. Mm. It's like Cornerstone and then you plant Candeo and then you go plant Salt City Church or not Salt City. What is it? Salt Church. Salt church. Uh, you definitely need people like that, but you also definitely need people like Mark who are like, yeah, man, I mean, I'll just <laughs> be faithful here. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't church plant, but I love Iowa city. Coralville, North Liberty, Tiffin, whatever, like this (laughs) area, I love, um, I love the culture of the city. I love, uh, another thing is how close it is to my family and Jenny's family. Mm. I think that's like valuable in, uh, making a decision on where you're at. I mean, especially if Jenny and I start having kids in the next few years, like, you know, my parents, her parents could, you know, come hang out with our kids for the day or whatever. Uh, I think that's a little more valuable than, I don't, I don't want to say people think, but like I used to not really think about that, but now that I'm married, I'm like, oh no, wait, that actually probably is a pretty big deal. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I just think there's, I don't know, room for the church to grow in Iowa City. I think there's still a ton of work to be done. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I would feel comfortable like just leaving, knowing what could happen here. Uh, but man, yeah, I love it here. So, my soft plan is to stay here until yeah. I die. But we'll <laughs> see. I don't know.
1: Can't take my line.
0: Yeah. Take That's my cool. last breath here.
1: It's been fun to, um, watch everyone here love it here. Yeah. That has been really sweet and, um, has really made being here exciting mm. to watch everyone like be amped about living in Iowa city. Right. So that's been great. And you're one of those people too. It's
0: easy to get excited about things. Other people are excited about. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Um, this fall, we got a bunch of new students coming in. Um, what are you most excited about working with the women's side of salt? Uh, like what is your biggest passion in working with Hmm. college girls?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think my, my biggest passion, um, is like, Two things. Um, I love, and like, I love getting to watch people confessing um, for the first time and find freedom mm. from it. Um, that has been like one of the most beautiful things that God has used other people to teach me in my life. Um, and I like am desperate to help other people. Like,
0: what about that? I mean. I'm sure people who listen are just gonna be like, Yeah, what Wait, do you mean? Your passion is watching yeah. people confess <laughs> yeah. sin. Like, what does that mean?
1: Yeah, I think I just know what it's like to find the freedom. Um, because when you confess sin, it's because you're able to acknowledge rightly your freedom in Jesus
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and your true identity. The true thing about you is that Jesus died for you and nothing else will ever be more true if you're in Christ. But we forget that, which is why we sin. Um, you know, sin is mm-hmm. a moment of disbelief in the goodness and full full work of the cross. Um, and we need people to remind us of that. And so, getting to sit down with a student who is holding something tightly, you mm-hmm. know, has this like lockbox of sin that they won't find freedom from unless they, you know, repent before the Lord and confess and allow other people to shed light into their lives. You know, it's like mold, mm. mold in a dark room grows. It's so ugly. You open the door just a little bit and see the ugliness. It's like, whoa, we got to do something about this. But every little bit of light that shines on it will kill it. And so mm. I want to give my life to helping other people like open their full door um, so that all the mold can die. <clears throat> and I love getting to share the gospel with people, like believers or not, people. Um, you know, when we do sin, it's because we forgot the gospel and we need somebody to remind us of that. And mm-hmm. so I love getting that opportunity to remind them. And oftentimes it sounds, it feels like I'm just looking at a mirror. <laughs> like yeah, I need to, I like preaching the gospel to myself daily. Mm-hmm. Just probably why I like doing it to other people so much because yeah. it also is reminding me of the truest things about me. So.
0: So how do you like doing that the best? Like, do you like meet with girls one-on-one? Do you like teaching large groups? Like what's your, what's your jam?
1: Yeah yeah both um, I really like meeting with gals one on one I love it's like this I think it's like 2 Thessalonians 2 8 idea of like sharing not only the gospel but also our lives together mm. um, uh, I also really like um, I do like teaching I really like teaching gospel one Yeah, it's like more of a a mass scale as to why um, sound doctrine and confession is important um, so yeah kind of kind of all of the above nice yeah what about you what what's like going into the fall what's your favorite thing Mm -hmm. to do with students or
0: i don't know i don't know i'm still trying to figure myself out like
1: that was a hard question to be fair
0: yeah no it's it's good uh i just finished up my first year full-time so i interned my senior year okay and then just jumped on full-time uh and this is my second year i'm technically the freshman ministry leader big deal yeah, uh, I do love freshmen getting them plugged in, uh, just like raising up the future leaders of Salt Company. Um, so I just recently took the Strengths Finder stuff. Oh, sure. You like that? Uh huh. Yeah. So one of my friends' mom's mom is a like strengths coach, and so oh, she cool. like, like unlocked all thirty four for me. Whatever. Oh my and we're gosh. like Actually, for Jenny and I both, and we're like sitting down talking with her about how. Just like our strengths mesh well, where they don't, all this stuff. So it's really interesting.
1: That's neat.
0: One thing that I figured out about myself is my number one strength, which has never been in my top five before, is called Maximizer. Hmm. So it used to be called Varsity, which means basically I'm really drawn to like, it sounds bad, but it's not. It's my strength. It's like I'm really drawn to dealing with high potential people, high capacity people. I like dealing with the Varsity. So sure. she, uh, Jenny, is her number one is like Relator. Uh, her second one, I don't remember what it's called. But basically, Jenny's kind of opposite. She really likes, when we, when we were talking about kids, she said, Jenny, you're really going to love the baby stage and, like, raising up this kid and whatever. Mikey's not going to like that as much because it's like, oh, yeah, he just smiled for the first time. <laughs> cool, wait till he can throw a football <laughs> sure. 100 yards or whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, when you take that with ministry, like, I really love... Uh, pouring time into people that I think have a lot of potential to change the world and so that's so cool that's why I like dealing with freshmen mm. uh, specifically freshman guys like I, I think I've said this before but like one thing I'm really passionate about is just men and mm-hmm. like raising up godly men and just tough disciplined men of integrity mm. which you know has pros and cons pros is like it's easy for me to be drawn to that the cons is I don't ever think about the women's side of stuff. (laughs) And like, you know, when I'm planning freshman events, it's like mostly catered towards men. Anyways.
1: I think that's okay sometimes.
0: Yeah, I think most ministries need that. The girls will always come. Yes, The guys, you need to slap them around a little bit to get them to come around. So uh, getting those guys to come. And then recently I've really enjoyed preaching, which Mm. I didn't really think I enjoyed. I was really trying to, Figure out if that's something I was good at praying just for clarity on. Do I have even what it takes to preach? Should I even try? Like, if this is a weakness, I don't want to just work on slightly improving my weaknesses. I want to focus on capitalizing on my strengths. So I was like, if this is weakness, just show me that. If it's a strength, show me Hmm. that. So, past couple times, I felt pretty energized afterwards. Cool. And I've enjoyed it, which is fun.
1: Yes, and if anybody missed Veritas on Sunday, they definitely need to go watch yeah, it because Mikey preached and it was incredible. I yeah. thought you did a terrific job Thanks. casting the vision and, and truth of what the Bible was talking about mm-hmm. and being alertness for, yeah. like in your alertness for the second coming. So I thought you did great. Thanks.
0: I'm trying to figure out like my style. Like, you know, David is just this wordsmith and it's like, he gets you by perfectly crafted sentences totally, yeah. or like Mark's like the illustration guy. Like you remember his illustrations and they powerfully, I think my style is just like my second strength was activator. So just like activating people, like thinking, all right, what's the text saying? What's the theme? And mm-hmm. then like, what do we do? Because of it, that's just like how I run. That's yeah. like,
1: which is huge. I mean, imagine if we only ever did the, like, what does the text say? Right. What's the theology? And then, people left mm-hmm. like that would be such a bummer for people to leave and not know how or why their life should mm-hmm. change afterwards so that's great
0: i really enjoy i'm finishing on my first year of sst salt network school of theology and i'm really enjoying it a lot more than i thought i would so i i liked uh doing that this past year and like discipleship groups are super fun i love those but not a huge one-on-one guy okay I don't know why. It just, like, kind of drains me a little bit. Um, maybe I'd just rather, I don't know, be more efficient. And that's why, like, Deer's yeah. is, like, these guys are showing promise, you know, to, like, be good leaders. And so I'm going to, like, invest in them. and mm. So I don't know.
1: That's cool. Yeah.
0: I had a great time, though. I'm excited for this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you have recently just gone through a bunch of transitions. Like I said, you got married. You just moved. Like, mm-hmm. what has been... Like one or two of your biggest takeaways or maybe like, I don't know, the best things about like just the newness in your life. Mm -hmm.
1: Takeaways. That's good. Um, Yeah, I think transitions are cool, Um, hard, but cool because they force you to refine who you really are, or at least they strip away some of the things that you think are essential to your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you're forced to ask the question like, oh what do I do without this? Or what do I do about this? Or like, you know, and so I think one of my takeaways has been just to try to take it slow, which I'm not great at. Like in my mind, I know like, I'm like, okay, if I know that God is sovereign and intentional, like why am I still sad? Or like, Mm. why is this hard? Or why is this? And that's not, those aren't the right types of questions to ask. And so I think like, just trying to, be slow in the transition, um, and allow God to be my greatest comfort and not me try to find it elsewhere, um, has been a good takeaway. Um, I think the other biggest takeaway is that, um, like God has asked us to be faithful and that is limitless there is not a certain place that you can be more faithful there's not certain people that you can be more faithful because it's mm. god that like you were supposed to be faithful and obedient to and so that has been um a hard like thing to understand i think in my mind yeah but transitions can also be really fun like i've just i feel like i just added a whole bunch of more people to like my yeah. corner and a new place to love and a new city to explore and so that's been fun
0: too do you have any <laughs> Uh, experience in your long marriage one piece of marriage (laughs) advice after two months if somebody's about to get married what would you tell them
1: married advice oh golly um that's a good question i think i have already noticed how easy it is to um i don't want to say lack quality time um and i don't also want to totally fall into like the coexisting because that hasn't like happened Sure, but to like actually take time to look somebody in the face and not talk about like the paint on your wall Mm -hmm. or you know how you have to still purchase a dresser or like you know everything regarding just like life and actually just like talk about them and their soul and Mm. laugh together and have fun so yeah the value of like a like a date night is actually very um real to me and so probably that and just have fun that's great what about you? Coming up on one year, Mikey Coming and Jenny. Coming up on a year. What's your best marriage advice?
0: Oh, man. I never think about my responses to the questions that I ask. <laughs> uh, my best advice. It's not like very fun, but probably uh, lose your expectations mm-hmm. going into it. Because like, you, you do have expectations. Mm-hmm. You have an idea of how you think it's going to play out. And 100%, it's not going to be that. It's just going to be different than that. So, uh, you know, if you hold tight to those expectations, that can kind of crush the other person. Sure. And so just being open and, like, you literally have to create a new life out of two separately individual lives. And so... Crazy. Be ready to do that and excited because it's fun and it's, you know, a new adventure that you get to create with this other person. So... Don't let your like stubbornness and holding your expectations kind of Yeah, that's good. Ruin the opportunity of creating something new. That's awesome.
1: Thanks, Mike. You always have one year on me, so yep. I'll have to come back <laughs> to you for advice.
0: <laughs> um, how about dealing with money stuff? Your big Dave money. Ramsey girl. Yes,
1: Mr. Ramsey. When I started listening to Dave Ramsey. Oh man, I think I found a very random Dave Ramsey book in my parents' selection of books in what like was high it? school. It's called More Than Enough. I
0: haven't yeah, heard of that
1: one. I know. I, I had not honestly, I don't know many people that have, and I haven't read it since high school. But yeah, I stumbled upon that and I really liked what it had to say. And you just really read a book me.
0: on money in high school because you just stumbled upon it?
1: <laughs> well, the, his, this More Than Enough challenges more than just money. Okay. It's more, it's like he challenges a lot of um, elements to like materials and like basically having things that like
0: yeah.
1: aren't Jesus. Um, and how and why that you don't need that. So, yeah.
0: Hmm. Here's a question I have about Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Tell me, do you think you can, I talked about this with David once. I don't know if it was on a podcast or not, but he said, I think you can actually listen to Dave Ramsey, do everything he says and actually love money a lot more than you did when sure. you started. Yes. I just like, that freaks me out. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think that actually the first year, um, or maybe just like the first couple months that I really started, um, being serious about like stewarding my money. I very much so fell more in love with the idea of like, I am stewarding this great. Yeah. And I fell more in love with me and the way I was stewarding the money. Mm-hmm. than I was with, uh, being obedient and responsible because that's what God has asked. And like, the model of jesus is a giver and we should be givers Mm -hmm. to implement him so yeah i would i definitely agree with that and think it's something to be weary of as you weary of as you Mm -hmm. pursue financial responsibility
0: yeah uh you love the book the treasure principle yes i do me too that book literally changed the way I look at money. Absolutely. That's probably the biggest money influence in my life. I read it on the way to China. Oh, nice. Uh, a couple summers ago. I don't know even know why I picked it up, but like I yeah, I used that illustration in the sermon the other day about mm-hmm. the Confederate currency, which is I think about that all the time. And um what's your favorite part of that book?
1: Yeah. My favorite part of that book is when he um says something along the lines that you won't have a u-haul like driving behind you Mm -hmm. behind um, your casket into your grave um and i think that imagery is very powerful this idea that we're collectors and hoarders of materials and unfortunately believe that they gain us something of value Mm. and we literally will take our last breath die and not one thing will come with us.
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Not one thing will come with us. And so I think that book, that is, I mean, the whole book is chocked full with really solid truths about being a generous follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. But that one's definitely one of my faves.
0: And it's a short book, so everybody should read it. Yes,
1: yes, definitely plug that. It'll take you like two weeks, not even. Yeah. The only reason it would take you longer is because I'm one of those people that, If I read a book, if something's really good, I stop reading it until I can like think about it long enough. So I will. If I like get to a part of the book where I've like, whoa, that just hit me so hard, I cannot read it. I can't read anymore, and I just shut it. Like
0: process until
1: yeah. And sometimes it'll take like a week until I can pick it back up again. What? Yeah. So that book. Wouldn't take you very long if you don't do that. But I know it took me like, it probably took me a month to read this very wow. short book because it just kept hitting me in the face with just good stuff that I had to think about before I could move forward. Dang.
0: Yeah, I read it in one plane ride. <laughs> it's like, oh wow, that's good, next. Oh wow, that's oh good, my next. Oh gosh,
1: that's funny. Hey, but you're still coming back to it,
0: so. Yep. Um, how about your views on fitness? I talk about fitness hey. all the time on this podcast because something i'm very passionate about Mm -hmm. and apparently you have your own little fitness ideals i do yeah and you refuse to come to the crossfit gym
1: i do but to be fair i did think about it uh not very long but i did
0: you have to give it a shot yeah you can't sign up for another gym before you go to one crossfit class i don't know why what's the hurt what's the risk
1: i might die you just told me before this what you did in your last
0: Yes, your last class, by the way, I'm not just telling everybody, Hey, here's I
1: (laughs) I did ask, I was picking his brain about CrossFit. That isn't just, that's just not how I would prefer to exercise. So I am also very passionate about working out Mm -hmm. and getting good exercise. And if you're around me long enough, especially in my D group and you're having a terrible month, I literally, one of the first things I ask you is when was the last time you went on a walk for 10 minutes? Mm -hmm. Because very convinced that that has a lot to do with your health emotionally and spiritually. Um, but I am a quirky fitness gal in the ways that I work out. Um so I do love a gym, and the reason I love a gym is because I dominate the stairmaster. I will that is my
0: all-time favorite that machine. It's just not the, even a real thing.
1: It 100% is and it's hard, especially if you do squats and then go get on it, you will
0: die. The only way I'll ever step on a stairmaster <laughs> Is if I have 300 pounds on my back, too, and I'm oh stepping my gosh. out of weight. I
1: don't know. It It's a great workout. But my other favorite form of working out is walking on the treadmill and reading at the same time. It's it not actually, a workout. It, it is a brilliant workout. You just put it on incline like crazy. You put it on very fast speed, and you just...
0: And you're walking?
1: Yes, you walk. You basically are running, but you're walking so that you can <laughs> still read. And it's funny. I actually started this. I started doing it um, my first year working at Cornerstone because um, I totally hit a wall at like two, three o'clock in the afternoon. This the slump of the day. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I can't keep doing this. And but if I like work out at that time, I'm great. You Mm -hmm. know, get a little burst of energy, finish the day strong. So, but it's technically a work day, and so I would take my um, theology reading to the gym, and that's how I why I started doing that and so I would start reading theology books um, at the gym and it got really bad when eventually like you know it's a little it's a little weird to do that so at first I was like is this weird but I'm still gonna do it but eventually eventually I got so comfortable in my skin that (laughs) I literally and to this day I still do this if it's highlightable I will like just straddle my legs on the uh, treadmill really quick lean over highlight it or write my little note and then hop back on really quick. Oh my so, gosh. That's why I can't join CrossFit because sounds like that wouldn't be very welcomed.
0: It definitely would not be <laughs> because that's not a real way to work out. It's better than nothing.
1: But one thing that is funny about it is my mind, I have, been, I have trained myself um, so greatly that I will be like, oh, I really want to read this book tonight. I should go to the gym. And so that's weird because... Huh. I, like in the month of June, granted I got married, I moved and started a new job in that month. I hadn't been reading as much as I normally do. Like, and I was kind of confused. I was like, Oh my gosh, what's happening to me? Usually I like, you
0: weren't in the gym.
1: Yes. That is exactly why I I wasn't in the gym reading along on the treadmill. Oh man. I just think you should try it. It's very enjoyable.
0: Me try it. Yes.
1: (laughs) If you're asking me to try CrossFit, I can ask (laughs) you to try my workout, Mikey. No.
0: I'm sorry, I will not do that.
1: We could we can read Treasure Principle, just walk on incline, you'll get a great sweat. I wanna feel
0: like I got hit by a train after my workout.
1: Well that's not the only thing I do though at the gym. Like that's (laughs) like the first thirty minutes or the last thirty minutes. Okay. I will do things before and after.
0: How much time do you spend at the gym?
1: An hour and some.
0: Nice.
1: An hour and ten minutes is probably ideal. Do
0: you have any views on eating? Do you follow any like eating plans or anything?
1: Um not really. I mean, I like to, I prefer to eat well just because it makes me feel better. Yeah kind of have a sense sensitive oh, you're stomach
0: at home vegan right
1: i was yeah when i lived in madison well, which, which
0: means what why did you call it at home vegan? at
1: home vegan basically everything that i ate or made at my apartment was vegan but anytime i left my apartment i didn't so like if i went out to dinner with somebody or just
0: why did you do that just because you didn't want to be like a burden to other people yeah
1: i didn't yeah it wasn't um it wasn't essential to my health um for me, like, you know, it's not a dietary yeah. allergy or anything. Um And I don't think I could have just been a full vegan. Yeah. <laughs> so it was great <laughs> to leave and eat a cheeseburger and a milkshake some places. But sure. yeah, I did that for a year, which was really, actually really great. I liked it a lot nice. and I felt really good. It's great. Would yeah. you ever be a vegan?
0: Um No, just because I just think if it works great for some people, they should hundred percent do it. Yeah. If paleo works better for you, you should hundred percent do it. Like whatever. What I do now is like, I think I just have like a really healthy gut so I can like hmm. process things really well. And I don't really have to worry about it too much. And I feel strong and whatever. Uh, so I don't really follow anything, just kind of my own, Yeah. what I kind of my own intuition with it. Uh, if my body started changing to a point where I felt better on a vegan diet, then I would totally do that or whatever. But for right now, probably not
1: yeah that's fair
0: um yeah
1: i got really good at making some vegan meals so i can have you over and
0: what did you just do like look it up you have a cookbook or what
1: yeah i had i got a couple of vegan cookbooks actually yeah but the one thing i like about it is vegan recipes are really really flavorful like very good and really easy to add meat or dairy to. whereas like other recipes are harder to take like dairy out or meat out yeah but um, So like one thing I make a ton are zucchini noodles like pasta, yeah. so good and so good with chicken added. Or you know you can put it in your sauce. literally zucchini mm-hmm, spiralized.
0: Does it taste like a noodle?
1: Yeah, tastes like a noodle. I mean, if there's enough sauce on it, you can't even tell. Like
0: that... pasta sauce on zucchini.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So that's one thing that I like. Interesting. You can kind of just make it what you want it to be. Hmm. Yeah. But I liked ice cream and beef too much to be a full vegan. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, we logged uh, over an hour. Wow. It's been great. It's been a blast. I have one last question for you. Yeah, tell me. 30 years from now, if you could give yourself advice to your... How old are you?
1: 25.
0: To your 55-year-old self, what Oof. do you think you would tell yourself?
1: Oh, that's a good heart question. And I think that I would probably tell myself to always be teachable and always be humble. Like I know Tom Nesbitt always says that he walks into a room and tries to be the most easily edified person. Um, hmm. And that has like just really challenged me. You know, I am no longer necessarily the new, new girl. I am here to Veritas, but like in like my, ministry experience and i don't know i would be so bummed if i stopped being teachable and so i think if i was 55 i'd want to probably tell myself emily you don't know everything and don't act like it and like be a good learner
0: that's great cool well if somebody uh wants to get a hold of you how can they do that
1: yeah you can uh email me or text me or call me um my email is what is my email i just got a new one. Oh yes it's emilyborwick one at gmail.com um or you can reach me on my phone which is 515-720-7415 boom risky
0: boom. putting your phone on yeah it was there. a little I risky any last words
1: <laughs> oh no but thanks for having me mikey is a, a blast
0: see you folks thanks for tuning in everybody i hope that you enjoyed the conversation with emily she's great come talk to her at church if you see her around um like i said the golf fundraiser is going to be october 5th so that's coming up it's in uh, about two months so mark your calendars for that uh, come show your support and uh, compete with your buddies in a nice friendly golf tournament uh, i think that's all i got for you i'll see you next time thanks for the support everybody